Hi, y'all. I'm Amy. And I'm Jess. And we are two sober women committed to helping you live an optimized life. This show is about stories and strategies to help you optimize your health, your relationships, and your businesses. We focus on keeping it simple and having fun. Hi, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Optimize Life podcast. And personally, I'm super excited, as always, about the shit we talk about because we talk about cool shit. <laughs> so keep listening. Um, this conversation, I just want to presence first. This is not about the 12 steps. This conversation is not meant to, um, to say that there's anything wrong with the 12 steps. This conversation is about how to live beyond the ninth step, how to really embody y'all the amends process, how to live in this way where you trust yourself to forgive, to move on in a way where you actually feel in your body that you've let the shit go like for realsies. So Jess and I are going to talk about what it looks like today in your life as a person who chooses recovery or maybe not. Although I do believe we are all recovering from something and how you live in your body, how you live in your life, <laughs> embodying. Yes. I'm okay with this and letting that shit go. So going to be an exciting conversation. If you feel activated at any time during this conversation, it's okay. Like, can you breathe into it? Can you feel it and interrupt the thought process and stay curious? Because that's what living an optimized life is all about. It's really about staying curious. So without further ado, here is Jess as well. Amy, it is so good to be here with you today. And I, I love what you shared already. And I'm already taking notes because the idea of, of true recovery means you've forgiven yourself, right? And I think so much of my experience through this um, journey of choosing conscious sobriety, there was a lot of guilt around that and a lot of guilt through um, working the 12 steps. And I know we're going to kind of dive into a little bit of that. And again, um, yes, listeners, this isn't to uh, bash the 12 steps. It isn't to, um, you know, anything against it, but just to share our own personal journeys around um, recovery, like 2.0 is kind of how I, I feel about it, because the 12 step program really did work for me. That is how I initially got sober. And at year four or five, I started to feel um, like there had to be more, right? There's, there's more to up-leveling my life in recovery. And so we're excited to dive into this. It's actually, um, when you brought up this topic the other day, I've spent, I spent a lot of time thinking about it because um, it, it really is a powerful process and there's so much more to it. Like, you know, doing it, moving on, forgiving yourself and that sort of thing. So let's jump in. And um, so I'd like to start with, you know, for, for those of you who have gone through the 12 step program and, and honestly, there's not that many options out of there when you first get sober, right? So this is a default for a lot of people and a lot of people start there and then they, they, they feel like they need something else. Right. So, um, 
and I will say so much of the 12 step recovery program is based around, you know, cleaning up your side of the street, as they call it. And I actually love that phrase. I love um, I've embodied that to this day, right? Cleaning up your side of the street, um, taking personal responsibility for your past actions and and really writing any wrongs that, that you did while in active and, you know, coping mechanisms, if you will. And, and so what we're going to jump into now is why are the actionable steps, why do they feel so hard? And when we talk about the actionable, actionable steps, we're talking about obviously the step, the 12 steps, the portion of the 12 steps that that mean you have to actually do something um, active, right? And those steps are, you know, four, five, eight, and nine, right? And those were a lot. That, those steps are where a lot of people, um, you know, don't make it past those steps. And Amy, do you want to just share a little bit and jump in here now about, um, you know, step four made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, like. Um, and then the next step after that, you know, admitting to, to God and to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs, why those steps are so hard. And then, you know, we go on to the eighth and ninth step too, where it's make a list of all people we've harmed and, and be willing to make amends to them. And this is where the amends process come in, comes in. Why are these steps so hard um, to, to, for people to, they feel really hard. Why is that? Well, let's take it away from people. And I'll just tell you about my experience. <laughs> um, so y'all, I, I think if you've been listening, maybe, you know, that I started my healing through my, the trauma lens. So I had no idea I was going to choose a conscious sober lifestyle, but I became chemically dependent on alcohol. And then my trauma healing, I thought was kind of being put on the back burner so that I could get sober. And everyone was telling me that I had to take the 12 step route in order to do that. Although I tried life ring and smart recovery and all the other things, it was like, you know, if I drink again, I'll die. And I, if I don't work the steps, then I won't be happy, joyous and free. And listen, I really wanted to believe anything that anyone would tell me would work because that's where I was at the time. My self-esteem was smashed. My body was smashed. And so I jumped right in and I wanted to be like an A plus student at working the steps and I could do one, two, and three, no problem. Like that was like easy. I had a relationship with something bigger than me. I was totally powerless over the substance, not over my life, over the substance. And I was very clear about that. And then my life was totally freaking unmanageable. And I wanted to surrender to, to something that I didn't want to do this anymore in my heart of hearts, but my nervous system was not there. My nervous system was scared shitless. It was in a constant state of fight or flight, or I would just slide back down into dorsal. And my experience was so intense that my dorsal meant closing all of my blinds in my fifth floor apartment in San Francisco on a beautiful day. And eventually going back to my coping mechanism and isolating and collapsing literally collapsing. So when I was making the searching, searching for a fearless moral inventory of myself, first of all, these words were piercing to my trauma because I had so much shame already. And then telling someone about all my stuff, right? Just writing it down alone 
my nervous system was so dysregulated that the pathway would just open back up. And before I knew it, bam, I was at the liquor store or I was planning to go to the liquor store or I was taking too many Xanax or I was having sex with, you know, trying to just like fuck it out of me. Whatever I was doing, I was just trying to soothe my nervous system. But no one was meeting me where I was at. It was like power through, do the thing. This is where the freedom, the freedom's on the other side of this. And interestingly, um, one of my support groups was mostly men. And it was awesome in some ways because we really um, connected and it was my aftercare. It was just like a half of a block away from my house in San Francisco, so so perfect. But they all were teaching this very masculine way of getting freedom. And that was not working for my nervous system. So I went back to my coping mechanisms like three times over the fourth and fifth step. I mean, it was incredible to watch me do it. And I remember I did it. My, my, my sponsor came over and I drank right after she left, like maybe an hour afterwards, but I knew I was going to, because there was all the shame and she's not qualified. She actually drinks again in her life, which is totally cool, right? But she wasn't qualified to hold all of that for me because it wasn't that I wasn't doing the work. I did the thing. I did my sex inventory, all of it. But what no one was meeting me at was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Your nervous system is in a frenzy. Can we take care of this before we do this? And that I think is so often what goes wrong. That's where things get haywire because we, we force ourselves to do something when our nervous system is just totally in a, a, a mode where we don't have any access and I'm hitting the top of my forehead to that smarter part of the brain in the prefrontal cortex in which I had zero. So what happens? You go back to the old coping mechanism. So this is going to be a really interesting conversation because how do you get past that and embody these steps, because they are beautiful steps. Maybe I'd change the words, but that's, you know, whatever. So yeah, that's a part of my story, Jess. Thanks for sharing. And I can relate to, to some of it. And we have very different paths of, of this, you know, journey that we've been on, right? But I can so relate to kind of that masculine male patriarchy. Uh, my home group was like that, right? And um, again, that's something that just never felt in alignment. It was at a church. It was at a Christian church. And again, for me personally, that didn't feel in alignment. And no matter how much people said it, it wasn't a Christian faith-based program, it felt like it was for me. And, and so, you know, there was just some things for me that um, I kept going back. And I love how you just shared, you know, there, there is there really was these mantras that were programmed into us, right? Like if you, you know, if you don't stay consistent, um, the hundred meetings and hundred days that, you know, if you go out and drink again, you'll die. Um, and that this is the only path to being happy, joyous and free. Like that really stuck with me, but I can tell you, I did that for four, four to five years. And in between that fourth and fifth year, something just it, I wasn't happy. I didn't feel good. Um, I wasn't optimized in all the ways we talk about on this podcast. And nobody, nobody was there to, to bridge that next level of recovery. Right. So I love how you just sit, shared too. I mean, you know, 
us sponsoring people, um, anybody sponsoring anybody who's just a couple steps ahead of you, um, they're not qualified in this space at all. And I can see that now because so much of the work that we both do is, is walk with people um, through you know, helping them regulate their nervous system and identifying these um, patterns that are keeping them stuck and, and really going down to that root cause trauma, all things that that really could be married into this program in a really beautiful way. And, and, and that's a lot of the work we do, right? But um, some of the other things too, and just my own experience, and um, I share this all the time, and I know, Amy, this is something that, that you're passionate about too. You know, when I got sober, um, I felt worse sober than I did when I was using. And there was, again, no nobody there telling you how to... Um, feel better in your body, right? That was a big missing link. I mean, in order to regulate your nervous system and, and, and all of these things, uh, your body has to be optimized, right? It felt like my brain was low on cell phone bars. That's the analogy I could, I can think of. And, um, that was a huge missing link. And then another thing that, that I had a really hard time wrapping my head around was, you know, okay, you're not drinking or using illegal drugs, but man, you know, anything, prescribed to you by a doctor, um, is totally okay. And, you know, swapping out one, one mechanism for another, um, that felt very out of alignment. So again, you know, um, there's just a few things in there that, you know, if we do this, this next level recovery work would solve a lot of these problems. Right. Um, and, and, and I, I love my sponsor. Um, she's, I, I hold her so, dear to my heart and this wouldn't have worked without her and um i was introduced to a really great group of women that um i was inspired to be around but again um there were some missing components there and so i'm so grateful that we get to share our journey on this podcast um because maybe you can relate you know like and you and i love what i do love about the 12 steps is like take what you want and leave the rest right and so um, I still take a lot from that program and um, the things that don't work for me, I've left behind and I've incorporated some other modalities, right? So um, that's kind of where, where we're going to go from here. And we'll be back right after a word from our sponsor. What if you had a tool that could help keep you accountable, mend your fractured relationships and establish healthy daily routines? Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring system is designed to help you create an optimized life, y'all. It's trusted by thousands of treatment professionals nationwide, including me. Soberlink helps recovering individuals gain accountability for sobriety through a comprehensive system that combines daily scheduled testing with advanced reporting capabilities to track progress. Soberlink devices use real-time results, facial recognition, and tamper detection to ensure the integrity of each test so your loved ones can witness you thrive in recovery. For tips on how to achieve lasting recovery, as well as a $50 off promo code, visit soberlink.com forward slash thrive. So let's jump into why is it important to work with somebody qualified um, to help you do your trauma work before doing the amends? Like why, why is that important, Amy? Well, that's a great question. I mean, when I look back 
I just like to relate it to me because I don't, you know, I, I really do honor the 12 steps in so many amazing ways. And I have, I have amazing people in my life that I met in those rooms and I get like a little sentimental and in that feeling of like, thank God it's there. Right. Like it's so yummy for so many reasons. Um, And so often we don't, if you're out there and you don't have agency yet, you don't feel like you can take up space in a room. You don't know what your opinions are. You're not grounded in your truth. You don't feel safe in your body. And so we're sponges to everything that we're hearing. And that's why for me, doing my trauma work first, and that's how I guide people through these processes often, or when I work with people that have been sober for a super long time, 20, 30 years, I still guide them through how do we find safety in your body first so that we can walk you through this. And that is everyone's personal responsibility. So, you know, the reason that I feel, in my opinion, that it is more effective to do it that way is because I wanted a lifetime of freedom. I wanted all of my relationships to change. Woo, feeling like I'm going to cry. I, I wouldn't, I didn't seek getting sober. I was seeking making amends with my birth mom. That's what started this whole journey for me. So if I was going to embody what this felt like and really heal all my trauma before I was 40, this is what the way that my process was going to go. But today I can tell you as a conscious sober woman, I embody this because my nervous system feels safe to actually allow this to happen and still feel a ton of emotion when I feel my birth mom's energy in my heart space, right? Like that doesn't go away, but I'm regulated enough to be like, I really truly forgive her. And I can feel that opening in my heart as I share this right now and look at Jess on the other end of this. It's like, whoa, that's embodying the amends process. And so I think that so often we go through the steps, nicking off the thing, like checking it off. Yes, I did this. Yes, I did that. Yes, I did this. And maybe you don't feel safe yet to actually embody the beautiful work that you've done because you've done beautiful work. But we stay up here in our heads and trauma work is a bottom up approach, not a top down approach. And the 12 steps are a top down approach. And that's where I feel for me, it worked the best when I really sunk in to why I was doing it how I could be regulated when I'm doing it and have the agency to say, please don't use those words. I don't like them. They don't sit well with me, right? About me and in the rooms, like whatever. But if you don't have a shield to kind of protect yourself, like you're just a sponge and that makes for a more dysregulated nervous system. So you leave a meeting and two hours later, you're like, why the fuck do I want to like go, you know, whatever your DOC is, Why do I want to go use heroin or go do meth or drink well, or go fuck someone or go eat something or go gamble, whatever it is. 
Well, because your nervous system's dysregulated and that pathway turns back on. And so that's why regrooving, you know, and all the things that we're talking about are so important. And today is about creating the awareness around this and what does living an embodied lifestyle mean? I just went off on all of that, <laughs> but it's so true. So true. So good. And, you know, I, and it's, I love how you preface it with the 12 steps or a top down approach and, um, you know, doing that trauma work, um, is really more from the body, right? Like a bottom up and, um, my, my methodical thinking works best in the top down approach. I want to, I want the data, I want the statistics. And, um, so having to shift into doing this trauma work and really feeling into my body has been, um, very, uh, something I was never taught, you know, we taught, we talk a lot on this podcast about, you know, not being taught certain things. And that's definitely one of them being able to actually feel your emotions. Right. And I think about, um, I just, when I, when I knew I wanted to, to live a sober conscious life, it was because I didn't have any other tool in my toolkit, but to drink. And then the drinking always used, always led to other bad decisions. <laughs> and, um, it just was this cycle, right? Happy, sad, um, mad, hurt, um, you know, celebrations, um, every last thing revolt going out on the lake. I didn't feel, I mean, I didn't even know how, how, you could possibly put a boat in the water without a cooler full of stuff, right? We live on the lake, right? I was like, I don't even know how people live a life. And I thought, gosh, so much of my world revolves around this. And, um, you know, that's kind of a, a different podcast, but, you know, I knew that I, I wanted to live life differently. And I knew that I wanted to be clear and to not like really hate myself every day because it was that cycle of, um, you know, getting up in the morning, feeling the guilt and shame. I'm not going to do this again. Oh, four o'clock doing it again. Right. And just like, how come I can't stop this? And so my, my point here is like, I, from, from this prefrontal cortex wanted to really understand why, why I was drinking, what was the root cause that led me to seek that behavior since I was in an early teen, right? I mean, there's, there's really, I, I don't have a memory <laughs> as a teenager sober, right? So this is something that I wanted to understand. And without doing the trauma work, um, you miss that component, right? You can make your um, you know, the list of all people, you can do the fourth step about your resentments, but it doesn't really uncover why, right? What is, what were the events in your life? What, um, were the circumstances that, that led to this dysregulation that then you chose this pathway, right? And there's so many pathways that people choose. And we choose to talk about this specific one on this, uh, actually we talk about all of them, but I know for me, like I wanted to understand that. I wanted to understand what was wrong with me. And then through this process, I realized it wasn't necessarily what was wrong with me. It was, these were the things that happened in my life that created the trauma response that led to it, right? And now I know how to, um, now, now that I know about them, I can choose differently and not to mention that, you know, alcohol and drugs are just extremely addictive substances and it's not necessarily, I mean, they're addictive for everybody, right? More, uh, more for some than others, but it's ridiculous to think that, um, you know, people wouldn't get addicted from these sorts of things. So yeah, that's kind of what comes up for me 
and I just I wanted a different life. And so that's when I choose to seek to seek support outside of the 12 step program. And it's been a journey. It's been not only doing the trauma work and I wasn't, I wasn't going to go into this on this podcast, but I'll just mention it again. It was through plant medicine work too, that really helped rewire. And I love how Amy, you, you refer to it as regrooving, right? You're regrooving the neural pathway so that you have the capacity to make different decisions. Um, and the trauma work does that mindfulness does that plant medicine does it. There's so many modalities that do that. And, uh, um, and there's, they can be combined, right? They can be combined on top of a 12 step program if you want um, for maximum freedom, right? It's like, that's what we're all looking for. So that that leads us to our next um, topic. And that is, why is it important to understand your nervous system before making amends? And, and you've touched on, on a lot of this with what you've shared already, but let's, let's break it down in a really simplistic way, because I know, and this brings me back to, you know, the first couple amends that I made and how terrifying it was not only to, to have the courage to call the person and then schedule the meeting and then do the amends, but how shitty I felt afterwards. Right. And I didn't have any way to manage that, um, that those feelings. I, I think I went home and probably smoked a pack of cigarettes. You know, I didn't have any other, <laughs> any other tools. Um, and, and so this is when, you know, understanding how to regulate your nervous system before doing these also traumatic events is so important. So did you want to touch a little bit about, about why that's important? Yeah. I mean, there's just so much in there. I want to talk for 15 hours about this. (laughs) Like I just, I think that something that I'm really hearing. So the eighth and ninth stuff y'all is where you, you start to go out there. If you're not familiar with the 12 steps and, and you make a list of everyone that you're going to do this thing with people you've harmed and then you go make direct amends with them where you can and if not you you know honor a living amends um which is you know living in my opinion a conscious sober lifestyle you know like i feel like i make a living amends to everyone just by choosing to do this thing moment to moment and then go deeper as well but this is where the the nervous system, like you are going to feel a tremendous amount of energy in your body when you choose to tell someone like, Hey, and this is the way I did my amends. This is what felt most comfortable to me. Hey, listen, I take full responsibility of all of my behaviors. I did not go through all of them with the person. How can I make this right with you? That's what I did. And if they were like, wow, just hearing that's enough. Awesome. I was done because I had relapsed so many times trying to do it the other way. So I was like, okay, no, I got to do this in a way that feels good to me. And it was so effective because I didn't have to go down a shame spiral and it helped me stay in a ventral place. So let me just quickly explain the three parts of the nervous system. So y'all, we have three parts of a nervous system. There's the dorsal vagal response, the dorsal vagal state where we're collapsed. We're like, "Mm," we just, even though, even maybe your mind is like going a hundred miles an hour, but you cannot move to your dorsal, you're collapsed. That often happens, right? People just get stuck on this 
on this amends process and they're just like, oh, I'm just going to stay in my house and never date anyone again and never have sex again and never see people again, right? COVID's been great for that. Then there's the sympathetic response. That's that fight flight energy. That's actually my home away from home where, you know, my body's just going so fast that I don't have access to my prefrontal cortex and I'm just going through the motions and I'm not embodied because I don't feel safe to be embodied. Then there's the ventral place. And this is the safe and connected place. This is a place that I'm totally embodied. And no one lives here all the time. But it's the place where we want to have access to when we're choosing to trust, make amends, be, you know, in any situation that's uncomfortable with any human in the world. <laughs> so what Jess and I teach so much and what living an optimized life is, is not that I'm expected to live in this ventral place, but that I have an anchor of how to get back to that. Like when I'm meeting, when I'm doing this podcast right now, like I, I experienced extreme energy in my body just three or four minutes ago, but I'm anchored in ventral. So I could come back to that rather than going into sympathetic. So that's just a great, really short explanation of what I mean by, hey, did you check in with yourself or did you have 15 cigarettes and 17 cups of coffee and two bags of sugar before you went to the immense process? Because <laughs> I often see them happening in coffee shops and I can see the person shaking and reading off their notebooks. I lived in the LA area for a long time, so everyone's sober there. And I was just, I remember when I, one morning I was there and a girl was doing it and she had had so much coffee before the person showed up. And I was just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you are not regulated, honey. But it was also beautiful to witness. So yes, that's what I mean by a regulated nervous system. Yeah. And I think what's missing um, in the 12 step program is obviously understanding this and having the vocabulary around it. Right. I mean, that was uh, transformational for me to, to really have vocabulary because you can feel all these things. My, my uh, home base is sympathetic as well. It's in, in my uh, prefrontal cortex, overthinking, overanalyzing and um, wondering why my life doesn't flow the way I want it to. Right. And so I, I knew I was there for many, many years of my recovery, but I didn't understand this process. And again, like what you, what you just shared, Amy, like, um, you know, go back and listen to that because that process in of itself is, is life-changing, right? To have the vocabulary, to be able to feel it in your body, to know when you are slipping into one of those, um, whether it's dorsal or sympathetic. And, and most people spend a lot of time in sympathetic, right? Because they don't have that, that tether, that anchoring um, awareness to move into that ventral or safe and connected place. Um, so again, like that was learning that was so um, transformative. And I love how you shared, you know, you went down the shame cycle over and over again, and that led to relapse. And, and yeah, I can, so I went down the shame cycle. I didn't relapse, but it felt like shit. <laughs> like shit. And I love what you shared exactly the wording that you've used, because I'm going to use that going forward if I feel like I need to ever make an amends again. Because again, I did go through all the things that, and and by the end of it, it was like, it, I felt terrible. Um, and there's just two instances that I remember so clearly that of people I love so dearly that 
um, still like that amends process was very traumatic for me. And it probably didn't have to be, you know? Um, well, and, and I don't want to interrupt, but I wanted to say like, this is the thing, like maybe they forgot about it too. And then we're bringing all of this stuff back up for them, you know? And so it's just, then there's two dysregulated nervous systems. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, oh girl, I'm just feeling that so deeply. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yes. It's yeah, so true. Um, especially when you're coming to the table in a more healed place again, like this is all, all things that aren't taught. So um, thanks for, for sharing all of that. And now let's just briefly, because there's another component to this too. It's nervous system regulation. And then it's your, your patterns, right? And your patterns are, are what you uncover, right? Your attachment patterns are what you uncover when you do the trauma work with somebody who is um, qualified to take you through that process, right? So the patterns also can can play a big role in this amends process. And for me, um, and if you wanna just share briefly about what they are in your experience, and then I'll, I'll share how this got in the way for me. Yeah, and thank you so much for putting that together. So here's how I, if you are out there and you've worked the steps and, um, and you're still in a 12 step program, like this is a good way to, um, understand your character defects. Um, and I don't like that word myself, but I just did quotation marks. If we ever do this as video, um, if you can understand that every pattern and every behavior served a purpose to keep you alive until now. And that's where quote unquote character defects come from, right? So if you, if you take them all down, you can actually attach them to your attachment pattern that you created when you were a little kid based on if your parents, your caretakers were able to be there for you to establish secure attachment. So um, Diane Paul Heller is one of my teachers here. And these concepts are just so amazing because again, it creates more freedom. So there's the secure attachment in which you have the most access to that ventral energy that I was talking about. Then there's the avoidant pattern. This is for the people that are like, ooh, I'm gonna bury my head in the sand, collapse. So nervous system state that's usually attached to that is that collapsed dorsal place. You just avoid hard conversations. You avoid hard things. You avoid change. You avoid coming closer when anxious people come close to you. <laughs> There's the anxious or ambivalent. The anxious is just like, it's all my fault. This was, I'm disorganized, but I run more towards the anxious side. This is, it's all my fault. What can I do to make you love me? Please don't leave me. Oh my God, don't go anywhere. Mm, to all my boyfriends, I love you. And I'm sorry that I put you through that. <laughs> and then there's the disorganized pattern, which is come here, just, just come here. No, go the fuck away. And that's really where I was. My nervous system was so dysregulated that I was constantly like, oh, come here, come here, come here, baby. Oh, go away. You're going to do that again. Fuck you. Right. So we all have these patterns. And if you trace it back to the character defects, it's like, oh yeah, that's where I was insecure and selfish and all of the things that the 12 steps, you know, the word choices that they use. And I'm like, oh, that was my disorganized pattern. That was me being more anxious. 
oh, that was me being more avoidant. Oh, I found some security there. So again, it's like another level of freedom to embody the forgiveness and make it a way of life. And we'll be back right after a word from our sponsor. What if you had a tool that could help keep you accountable, mend your fractured relationships, and establish healthy daily routines? Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring system is designed to help you create an optimized life, y'all. It's trusted by thousands of treatment professionals nationwide, including me. Soberlink helps recovering individuals gain accountability for sobriety through a comprehensive system that combines daily scheduled testing with advanced reporting capabilities to track progress. Soberlink devices use real-time results, facial recognition, and tamper detection to ensure the integrity of each test so your loved ones can witness you thrive in recovery. For tips on how to achieve lasting recovery, as well as a $50 off promo code, visit soberlink.com forward slash thrive. Mm, so, so yummy. Yeah, this, this learning these um, different attachment patterns and being able to, again, put vocabulary around it and understand that it links back to something that is not my fault. Um, again, there's so much freedom in that. And um, it's a big missing link. And I know for me, um, I strong, strong, strong avoidant. And it's something that I have to be very, very aware of. Like I would rather uh, avoid anything hard, anything. Um, I'm thinking about something right now that I'm avoiding and it's so stupid y'all. <laughs> and I've been thinking about it all morning and uh, it just goes to show you like, no matter how much work you do that there, you're still more work. Like you don't graduate from this work. Right. Um, and we, we laugh about that in the 12 step program and outside of the 12 step program. I mean, life is lifey. And, uh, you know, but now at least I can see, oh, there's my pattern and, um, you know, work to like rein myself back in. And it's a simple, and I'll share what it was because I just want, I want to be transparent that like we struggle with these things too. Um, I had posted something on Facebook needing to buy something. Um, and I asked if there was anybody on my Facebook feed that repped the products. And so many people reached out to me. And um, so I started conversing with this one girl and then another friend who like reached out to me has a friend and I really wanna support this other friend, not the girl that had sent me all these things. And so I don't know how to tell this girl <laughs> that I don't wanna buy from her now. And I, <laughs> I'm just like, is she gonna drop me as a Facebook friend? I mean, this is like, we just, I don't even know her, right? And this is what's going on in my head this morning. So, you know, the crazy, um, and I'm laughing because it's just so stupid, but this is the type of stuff that keeps, keeps me stuck, right? It's that ruminating thinking. Um, and of course I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to tell her and, and buy it from the person I actually want to buy it from, but it's just a really great example of like the avoidant pattern. I could have nipped this in the bud last night, but instead I've been thinking about it all day. <laughs> and well, this is embodying it too, because yeah. it is an amends. It's like, listen, thank you so much for all of this information. And I just want to be really honest with you one of my good friends does it too. And I want to support her. Like we are so, our nervous systems go into such a frenzy over telling the truth <laughs> like, <laughs> and being transparent. And it's not, it's not your fault. 
it's not my fault. It's just like, we ain't taught that it's safe <laughs> to be fucking transparent. So true. I'm laughing I'm about so it. I'm glad you're sharing that because it's so beautiful. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Literally, that's been my morning. Like, how am I going to message this girl back? And I, and again, like, I don't know her. She just friended me because somebody else referred. It's just so funny how much time I've spent on it. So um, again, like understanding these attachment patterns and how they show up in your life. And for me, it's the avoidant and the disorganized. Um, I, I like to think of it as um, when I, when I made the decision that I wanted to stop drinking, I did everything but stop drinking, right? To actually try to figure out how to quit drinking. So I, I decided to work with a coach to, to that wasn't um, necessarily what I needed at the time. She was incredible, but it didn't help me get sober. Um, I ended up going down a meditation path, which I have an amazing meditation practice to this day, but it didn't get me sober, right? I'm grateful to have the tool. And so it just reminds me of this disorganized pattern to try to find, you know, um, everything to, to reach my goal, but to actually do the one thing, right? So there's where the disorganization shows up. And now that, that still shows up in a lot of my life, right? It's like, I know I could be doing this one thing. It's the most effective thing to move the needle forward in my relationships and my business and in everything. And I choose to do organize the drawer as we like to call it. That's the metaphor I always use. Um, so um, there's a, a good example of disorganization. Yeah. And I also just want to presence y'all this is the whole purpose of this conversation today is what justice shared because although i am still fully in my patterns and my nervous system gets dysregulated often right like i'm i know how to come back to secure and i know how to find my ventral anchor and therefore i'm able to embody and laugh about the silliness of my behaviors rather than getting activated and turning that groove back on of go get a drink, go get a cigarette, go get laid, go watch porn, go eat sugar, go gamble, whatever it is that your thing is, go game, go take your prescription medication, right? My activation still happens. My patterns are still very much alive and I have regrooved. I'm going to trademark that for sure. At one point, don't steal it, y'all. <laughs> um, but like I've regrooved the pattern and imperfectly. And that's the thing. So like the Optimize Life podcast, everything that we do is like, how do you practice this shit? How do you feel safe to practice this stuff? Um, so yeah, that's the thing. Thanks for, for presencing that, right? Because again, like this is a work in progress. And, and one of the things that we were talking about um, as we were preparing for this podcast, and I really spent some time thinking about it too, you know, through this whole amends process and through this, you know, the active steps of, of the 12 step program, um, you know, it really reinforces the guilt, right? That we're supposed to be making it right for the rest of our lives in order to have freedom. And so um, this is kind of, it, it spurred some conversation between us of, you know, it's okay to, to remove and detach ourselves from un unhealthy relationships and move on. And so I definitely wanted to just talk about that for a quick minute because they're, you know, we're so conditioned that we have to stay in these relationships to kind of prove our, our remorse and loyalty, especially if they're people that are close to us. And, and um, 
Uh, and, and when I was thinking about this today, I wasn't able to really let go of the people that in my life that were no longer serving, <laughs> you know, this next level of life that I wanted to live until I did this work, right? Until I did the trauma work, until I did the nervous system regulation, until I understood my attachment patterns. And then like the light bulb went on and I was able to just say, this is no longer working for me and, um, and remove myself. And there's so much freedom to that. And, and listeners, I, is this something you can relate to as well along your recovery journey? Like you're staying in things because you're, you know, you feel like you have to make it right forever. Um, and, and Amy, did you just want to share a little bit about that? Um, because letting go has led to so much more freedom than staying in this conditioning of that. Yeah. Oh, you know, honestly, y'all, uh, we're going to have another conversation about this. It's okay. Um, because it's so important. So, you know, shout out to the, like, if you're like, Ooh, I want more of this, then we will talk about this in another podcast. Um, I was frightened to leave relationships. I, I had this thing in my, um, and this is what the, the premise of this next podcast will be is I had this thing where um, I, I used to say I've only broken up with one person successfully once because I was so terrified to be abandoned. And really what was happening is I was abandoning myself. And so choosing all of this stuff is like the deepest and most beautiful form of healing my original wound of abandonment. And that includes today, parting ways with people that no longer people, jobs, clients, food, behaviors, all of it. I'm just like, oh, this doesn't work for me anymore. Why am I trying to force it? Right. And, and doing it with grace and ease and love. So I definitely stay tuned y'all. Cause this will be a whole podcast of itself where we can really dig into like, how do you part ways with grace and do this beautifully for all the things in your life. But I, every day, literally every day between Instagram, Facebook, my clients and just living a life, I get, I hear from people, I don't know how to get out of this relationship. And I'm like, oh, that's because, right? Your nervous system is keeping you safe. And, you know, I just, in the next conversation that we have about this, I really want to bring in when people say like, why did you stay? I want to tell you that that is the most harmful thing that someone can tell you. And it hurts depths into your soul and parting ways can be so like beautiful you know, and freedom is on the other side of that. And just being like, oh, it, it doesn't work anymore. It's okay. And then stay curious. Like, can I leave the door open for later? Maybe. Yeah. So mm. all of that. So good. Um, so just to, to wrap it up today, you know, what is one thing you can do today to, um, you know, live a life beyond the amends process. And if, um, if any of this spoke to you today, um, you know, this is the work that Amy and I both do with our clients. If you feel called to come closer, 
um, you know, feel free to reach out and um, we can help support you on your journey. So um, thank you so much for tuning in. This was such a, I shared so many things I wasn't expecting to share. And uh, as always, Amy, I love, um, I love uh, us doing this together and, and serving together and um, just love you so much. Yeah, I feel the same Z's. My heart's all open now. Yeah, good stuff. All right, y'all, until next time. Thank you so much for listening today. And the best way that you can support us and the Optimize Life podcast is to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. And we would love to gift you the Optimize Life toolkit when you do that. So thank you so much for your support. Thanks again. And to go ahead and grab your copy of the Optimize Life toolkit, head over to www.jessyonda.com slash the optimized life. And we have put together five hacks for you that will finally help you get in the zone all day, every day. Just so you know, we so appreciate each and every one of you. And thank you for joining us on this optimized journey.